pausing from time to time to catch his breath. When he finally got him to the van, he opened the back doors, managed to drag Bart inside. He hid him under a blanket, closed the doors, raced around to the driver's seat, then backed the van along the dirt path until he came to the incline. Making a U-turn, he headed down onto the main road, began driving south. He didn't know whether Bart was now dead or not. All he knew was that he had to get away from this area as fast as possible before the girl raised the alarm. His body was taut, his expression grim as he pushed ahead. After a while, he began to slow his speed. All he needed was a local traffic cop on his ass. Bloody hell, this was a disaster. Sam grimaced. The boss would have their guts for garters, for messing up the way they had, for failing to eliminate the girl. No, hang on. It was Bart who'd failed, not him. But understanding the way the boss operated, he was certain they'd both end up dead as a doornail. Not if I can help it, not me, Sam muttered to himself. But what to do with an injured Bart, or Bart's body? How to deal with it? Dump it outside a hospital in another town? Leave it by the side of the road? He didn't know. All he knew was that he had to save himself from the boss's wrath. Part 1. Falling in Love, 2006 Come live with me and be my love, and we will some new pleasures prove of golden sands and crystal brooks with silken lines and silver hooks. John Donne, 1572-1631 Chapter 1 The young woman who hurried down Fifth Avenue was unaware of the stairs as she plunged on determinedly through the downpour as though oblivious to it. She was, in fact, too consumed by her thoughts to notice passers-by. They noticed her. They stared, nodded to themselves approvingly, or smiled with admiration. She drew attention for a number of reasons. She was rather exotic-looking, with high cheekbones, black brows beautifully arched on her broad brow above large, dark eyes. Her jet-black hair was pulled back into a sleek ponytail, which fell almost to her waist. Though not beautiful in the classical sense, she was, nonetheless, arresting and had a unique look about her. Tall, slender, lithe, she moved with grace and had an inbred elegance. Her clothes were simple. She was wearing a sleeveless black cotton shift and ballet slippers, her only jewellery, large pearl earrings and a watch. She carried a battered old black Hermes Kelly bag, well polished, which had obviously seen better days, but looked just right on her arm. The rain was coming down in torrents, and she was already drenched, but she no longer bothered to look for a cab. There was no point. They were all taken. She was heading home, and much to her relief, she wasn't very far away now. Two blocks down and three avenues to cross, 
and she would be at West 22nd Street and 9th Avenue. A month ago, through her only friend in New York, a young man called Dax, she had found the perfect place. A comfortable room with two good-sized closets and its own bath in a brownstone on this rather lovely old street. Being in Chelsea reminded her of London, gave her a sense of well-being, and she felt at home here. When she had left London, she had left behind her name, was known as M, and M did not mind the rain today. It was cooling on this blistering August afternoon. Earlier, around lunchtime, it had been at least a 101 in the shade. Lenny, the young receptionist at the Blaine Model Agency, had announced with a big grin, Betcha we could fry eggs on the sidewalk today, Em. How about...